Welcome to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now let's dive in and see what impacts you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Direct Impact with Andrea Epteen, and I am so grateful to be with you today. We have a really awesome interview coming your way. We have Leslie Rawlings with us today, and she is a licensed clinical social worker. She specializes in not just substance abuse, but all things substance abuse, dependency, addictions, behavioral addictions, and she's also a certified sex addictions therapist, and um, she focuses and and uses the modality of uh, somatic experiencing. Is that correct, Leslie? (laughs) That is so correct, and also uh, Pia Melody's trauma model I use as well. Wonderful. Well, we are just so grateful to have you with us today. Leslie and I um, became certified sex addictions therapists together, and we were in the same cohort, went through the modules together and got to know each other that way. So good to be with her in this setting and grateful to have her wisdom and knowledge um, going out to our listeners. So thank you, Leslie. Thank you for your service. Thank you. So the focus of today's interview is going to be on functional adults. What does that mean? What do functional adults even look like? (laughs) And I just feel like it's so important to process because a lot of us really don't have what it takes in early childhood to become even aware that we're not functioning on all cylinders and able to effectively adult and relate and all of that. So I just love that our listeners can hear more about this process and, um, and all that you have to offer. So tell us, Leslie, <laughs> what is a functional adult? Hi, Andrew. So a functional adult is really our ability to be present and alive in the moment According to Pia Melody's model, it consists of five core issues, which is the adult has a sense of mattering, that we don't get it outside of ourselves, we don't compare, we don't go into a one down position, which is that toxic shame, which could be I'm unlovable, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, whatever one's words are nor do we go one up, which is I can do what I want. I am above the law. I can, you know, really not have any sort of accountability and I don't really care how it affects people. So there's five core issues that the first was, I was just talking about is the mattering piece. The second Mm -hmm. is functional boundaries. Okay. Third is a sense of reality. So it's all about are thoughts and feelings, not thoughts and feelings or sensations from the past. And the fourth is about needs and wants. How do I be in self-care with myself and be interdependent with others? Mm-hmm. And the fifth core issue is really about sort of this regulated nervous system that I'm not shut down, disconnected, nor am I 
completely out of control and dysregulated. So that ma- that piece in the middle is considered the adult. And I can we can talk about those five core issues in more depth. Yeah. Okay. So for someone to become a functional adult, they will have identified, worked through, and to some degree mastered these five core issues. Yes, imperfectly. So okay. the adult is I love that. Yes, imperfectly. <laughs> and moderately so. We yes. are going to mess up, but the adult is able to come from mattering that I, even though I messed up, I still matter, but so do you, you know, got higher creation creates all of us and that we want to be respectful to ourselves because we matter, but also respectful to others. So what does that mean? It's Pia's work is considered a relational trauma model. Mm, So important. So important. And as our listeners know, betrayal trauma is something I'm very passionate about and understanding betrayals and relationships and attachment wounds and all of that is just, it's key. (laughs) And it sounds like it's also key in becoming a functional adult. (laughs) Right. So if you're getting, as you're growing up, we kind of look at ages from zero to 18, 20, we break up those phases from somewhere around zero to four. This is all brain development, five or six to 10, 11, and then, you know, adolescence. And if we're getting attunement and responsiveness and engagement, and our parents are holding space for us to be whoever we are, whether it's laughing, crying, having a temper tantrum, Probably we will grow up having an internal innate sense of being known, mattering, feeling safe. I think what we're talking about here for those of us who have not experienced or had a lot of moments of impact where that did not exist, Mm -hmm. whether it was ongoing or just acute episodes, we're looking at when a parent maybe is neglectful or when a parent and, and disengaged or when a parent is too close and using a child for their own comfort, whether it's look how angry you're making me or Mm -hmm. using the child as a caretaker, confidant, um, daddy's little girl, you know, somehow using the child in either the good and perfect or the bad role. Okay. And so we're looking at the impact of those dysfunctional attachments on the child and and our development through those years. Okay. That's, that's so helpful. So people who come out of less than nurturing environments and had less than nurturing caregivers, um, the people who struggle with those attachment woundings will struggle in developing into functional adults. Correct. Okay. So if we have listeners who are aware, maybe done some work around Um, adverse childhood experiences, specific traumas, triangulation, the things like you mentioned, might want to look deeper into Pia's work. Exactly. Okay, great, great. Heads Up Guidance Services or HUGS is a nonprofit organization dedicated to removing all barriers to quality professional counseling services. At HUGS, all motivated individuals, couples, and families can access the support they need and deserve in an outpatient setting. 
They recruit dedicated, compassionate, and socially conscious professionals who volunteer their time and specialized skill pro bono. HUGS doesn't work with third-party payers, insurance companies, or government dollars. Rather, they operate entirely with the support of people just like you. To help support HUGS, visit www.headsupsavannah.org. So what role does or do attachment wounds, you know, play, you know, how do those attachment wounds then arrest the development? You know, the, the best way I can talk about it is developmentally. Okay, um, great. A three-year-old is going to look very different than a teenager. And most of us, if we're coming from dysfunctional homes, uh, and as you said, less than nurturing attachment, we can be all three. And so usually the zero to four-year-old, and most of us don't have a lot of memories around that time, but the body feels the memory. And this is where the somatic work mm-hmm. is so crucial. The body will, the prefrontal lobe, the thinking part of our brain is not on board yet. Mm-hmm. So in this phase, if there's been dysfunctional attachment, usually in 2022, whatever the current day is, it might show up as empty, lonely, dissociative, overwhelmed, easily confused. I have a lot of clients who just kind of sob and mm-hmm. have, have lose control. And you know, initially I thought, oh, how great you're you're grieving, but it's really it's not helpful because it's reinforcing that very early trauma. It's a year. It can be a fantasy is a a symptom of that early trauma. It can be a yearning, a longing for, you know, we are born to connect. It's a need. It's not just a want. Mm -hmm. And if we don't get that full attunement and connection, it can be a yearning, a longing. So there's many different aspects to this early wounding that somatic work and regulating the nervous system can be extremely helpful with because there are no memories. And in Pia's work, it's, it's trying to get into that regulated present adult who is in mattering and generating that warmth and love and kindness to that one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old mm-hmm. boy or girl, and mm-hmm. really, which is ourselves. That's right. And so that's considered her, her reparenting. It might be showing up as a shame core, just the depth of deep feeling damaged, defective, but in the body, not so much the words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so hard to put these deep wounds and traumas into words, especially when you're dysregulated, <laughs> then it becomes almost impossible, but they are experienced on a regular basis and carried within the body. So I know that you and I both really do a lot of somatic work and also utilize EMDR as ways to get into the body and also ways to use guided imagery and also ways to um, do that inner child work, which is part of that self-discovery and recovering that authentic self. And that sounds like that's the basis of a lot of this work as well. Is that correct? It really, who I'm not my trauma, even though Mm. I may have trauma and how does it show up in my current day life, but who am I? If I can give space to these younger selves who've been wounded and my brain has been formed in a certain way, the trauma work is incredibly helpful in the brain is in a last plasticity has plasticity. It's an organ that can be 
healed and changed. And uh, so thinking our way into our functional adult is extremely helpful, even if we don't believe it, even if I don't believe that I matter, I can still think my way in. It may take time for me to believe it, but to develop that pathway in the brain is huge. And from yes. that place of mattering, I can then not only feel, start to figure out how to get safety in my body, as you said, resourcing or, you know, orienting, getting my body here and grounded. And how do I have boundaries around who I am to you? And how do I protect myself from others from whom I'm, I'm powerless over? Mm, that's great. Um, that's great. So it is about creating safety, embodied safety and safety with others through boundary setting and things of that nature. If we grow up in a dysfunctional, if there's dysfunctional attachment, we're probably, we probably didn't get the safety that we really need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Have you experienced the deep hurt, headache, anger, and confusion caused by intimacy betrayal? Has your partner gone outside of the relationship to feed their sexual compulsion or medicate their inadequacies and anxieties? Do you feel isolated, rejected, deceived, and manipulated? Well, my friend, if you are answering yes and you have endured one or multiple instances of betrayal, you are not alone. Lightning in a Bottle digital course creators have developed a course for millions just like you survivors of betrayal trauma. This course is designed for those injured by infidelity and intimacy betrayal. This course is facilitated by yours truly and created to take you from the trauma of discovery into recovery. The Betrayal Trauma Foundations course will equip you with the fundamentals needed to begin the process of recovery and healing. This includes five hours of psychoeducation, independent insight exercises, continuing care resources, and more. Become part of an exclusive community dedicated to restoration and resilience. For pre-launch registration, visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses. This site and pre-registration will save you 15%. For an additional 15%, that is a total of 30% in savings today, enter the promo code IMPACT, that's I-M-P-A-C-T, to receive an additional 15% off. That's a total of 30% off in savings today. So hurry, reserve your spot and save big. So another question that I have, uh, I just, I get a lot of resistance sometimes from individuals, clients, when we start to look at trauma, especially perpetrated by major caregivers. I just wanted to ask this question in doing this work in um, attuning to yourself and accessing the functional adult within, is it important to really look at the harm that has been done to you without making excuses for the people who did it? I think that's called coming out of denial and that can take a long time. It's um, scary. It, it, I, I get it. it. I think it's, it's very scary. I just wanted to ask that question because I know that a lot of our listeners who are like, I know, I know I get a sense and I have an awareness that this work is essential, but will I have to blame the people who right. hurt me? Well, what I love about Pia's model is that it is a relational trauma model. So our parents matter too. 
and they were reenacting the trauma that they received and probably didn't have the opportunity to heal. So it's not about blaming a parent or a perpetrator or somebody who's had a negative impact on us. It's really about holding them accountable. I love that. Yes. And bringing that person into the room, mind's eye, of course, and releasing back whatever energy or whatever was done to us, whether it's physical, emotional, sexual abuse, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that giving back process, I know that in my experience, Pia brings in a lot of experiential uh, work as a way to do that. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that uh, for our listener? Like what, what do those, what does that look like in the room or in therapy to um, take back your power or to give back your shame? Good question. So, so we, we try to get as regulated and into our functional adult as possible. And this is in mind's eye with the eyes closed. We're usually protecting some of our younger selves behind us so that they can see or, or not. If they don't want to see, that's okay. But that they're kind of getting like, wow, somebody cares enough about me to advocate for me and hold them accountable. We bring parents into the room one at a time or sometimes together at the way they looked when we were young. They're, when a parent is dysregulated raising a child, the child absorbs wherever the parent is dysregulated. So if there's a parent who's shut down or a parent who's out of control, either way, the child will receive that energy. And there are mm-hmm. eight basic mm-hmm. emotions that as humans we have. What are those eight, Leslie? fear very our own fear is very healthy it it keeps us smart and protects us pain we need to have our pain to heal and grow and move through to get into the present joy passion guilt guilt keeps me from doing things that I probably shouldn't be doing like maybe parking in a handicapped parking space or something Our own shame, which is about humility versus toxic shame. So our own shame keeps us humble. And did I say eight? Not sure. You probably did. I wasn't counting, (laughs) but you gave us a no. Wherever Uh, the parent's not accountable in their own emotions, the child absorbs that. And so we're looking in our body to see where we might be carried. Um, The parent might be a one down and the other parent might be a one up. And so we're going to be carrying both of their shame and we want to release that from our body, which is really breath work. It's breathing into that carried shame, breathing in and releasing it back to the parent that I'm not going to feel this shame for you anymore. And Mm -hmm. so that we can really be in our own emotions. And that can be the same for all the other emotions that I listed. I love that. I feel like that's such an important practice and something that they can take with them and practice like, you know, that breathing in, you know, safety, security, sanity, and breathing out powerlessness, hopelessness, and all of that. And like accessing through breath work, your functional self, your functional adult, your wise mind and breathing out the toxicity and the shame. Yeah. I love that. And I have clients who get to do it. Yeah. I mean, somebody was just telling me about they were having a shame attack, which is really a very intense 
almost freeze-like state in the body, but you're mm-hmm. deeply in I don't matter and self-hating and just mm-hmm. they experienced something with somebody and they had this horrible one down shame attack experience and they were just on the grocery store line just breathing back I'm not going to feel damaged or unworthy for you I matter and I have the right to matter and I will be accountable for what I just did to that person that's great yeah that's great I love that but once you learn the model it it's it becomes intuitive over time and so I know that you talked about um the fifth part of this, this process of, um, becoming a functional adult. Um, and you talked about the nervous system and your window of tolerance. I know you didn't use that word, but you know, how to really, um, extend and open up your window to create more space. And then also to stay within that. And then what happens when we come out of it, we can you talk a little bit more about the nervous system I will. It's, it's, it's in our bodies. It's really obviously in our bodies, but it's organs and viscera and really a child needs from the beginning, that safety, that warmth, that comforting. And if their attachment trumps any kind of bad situation. So if something not so pleasant or upsetting is happening as long as the parent is there to comfort and keep that child safe a kid doesn't have to be traumatized or stuck in that situation Mm. but when there is too much fear and the body can't move through it we're kind of looking at a spectrum here is that we're either going to go into what's called the sympathetic which is the fight or flight The fight would be more aggressive rage type of behavior, whereas the flight response would be panic, anxiety. Those are all trauma or activation in the body. And so it's okay. I mean, we're human. We're going to have these things, as you said, leaving the window of tolerance, leaving that regulated place. It's knowing how to bring our system back. Right. And then the dorsal, which is more of a disconnect, um, the body really at some point thought it was going to die and there wasn't enough protection and connection. And so it's a dissociative state. It's a numb state. It's a freeze. Um, so it's getting to know the bo- your body and when you're going into each state and how to bring the body back, how to regulate and come into that window of tolerance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To recognize when you're becoming dysregulated. Hey, listen up. You don't want to miss out on this. Wise Mind Enterprises and Lightning in a Bottle Digital Courses are offering direct impact listeners deep discounts of up to 25% on their 2022 course offerings. Say what? 25%? That's right, Edward. Just visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses to pre-order and save big. These courses are carefully curated with you in mind. Hey, Madison, did you know Lightning in a Bottle works with credentialed licensed professional psychotherapists to create life-giving content that is sure to make an impact? I did, and I'm super excited about their new courses. Me too. New 2022 digital courses include The Antidote to Reactive Living, Healing Body Betrayal, Escaping the Perfectionism Paradox, 
essential truths to support your recovery. Just to name a few, and with more life-enhancing courses coming down the pipeline. And if 25% savings still leaves you on the fence, well, how about this? The first 20 people to pre-order will receive 50% off a second course of their choosing. I don't know about you, but I need at least two of those courses. So visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses today and enter the promo code IMPACT to receive massive savings on valuable courses. Oh, side note, Lightning in a Bottle offers more than just courses. They offer a recovery and life enhancement community, and they are always interested in hearing from you. If one of these courses didn't resonate with you, well, let them know what you're looking for on your journey because your voice is valued and vital. All righty, my friends, pre-order or engage with Lightning in a Bottle at www.lightninginabottle.biz. Invest in you today, and don't forget your promo code IMPACT. And what can be kind of interesting is when the body is going in, into activation is to, to go a little deeper and see who, who is that in me, mm. you know, and how can I help her or him get safe from my functional adult? Mm. Yeah. I love that question. I also love the question when I'm dysregulated, I sometimes inquire, I get a little inquisitive and ask, gosh, how old do I feel right now? Yes, exactly. You know, and I, I use this example because no matter how self-aware I am about it, it still happens every single time I go into an airport <laughs> and I become dysregulated. My teenage self shows up and starts to really hate on the authority. I mean, I push against that like you wouldn't believe. And so I just become aware and I'm like, OK, I know my teenage self is going to show up. <laughs> And, but I love the question. I'm sure that your teenager is protecting either a five to 10 year old, a zero to four year old who feels terrified. Mm -hmm. Right. Probably. I was probably, you know, the five to 10, I was just going to pick up on that because I think we just talked about zero to four, but the five to 10 is where the prefrontal lobe does start to myelinate. We're more aware of our environment, kids on the playground, you know, it's very much all or nothing thinking. There's not nuanced. There's no nuanced. It's, it's immature reasoning tip for tat. You hit me, I hit you. And if you're in a functional home and getting good attachment, you're going to move through that phase into your adolescent years. If not, this part of us shows up as sort of the coping part of us. So if there was dysfunction earlier, this is going to be the part that's going to do, I'll do whatever I can to make dad not get angry so that I'm okay. Mm. Or, you know, mom is sad and I better help her so that I'm okay. We start adapting to whatever is happening in the home. Mm. It's also the age where if there is earlier fear that's stuck, we're going to be looping around or ruminating in our brain or compulsive behaviors or perfectionism. But we're really trying hard to be who our parents want us to be. And we're that, that true soul or self is being shut down and the false self is being formed. Mm. And then the teenager is really appropriately so that the peers are more important than the parents. They're very walled. They're very, they push back. They think they're adults, but they're not self-righteous, unaccountable, offensive. 
And again, if there's healthy attachment, we can move through that phase into our adult. But if not, you know, that's going to be the part of us, as you said, very defensive and angry and self-destructive and will probably not be so great to those younger selves. They, we might attack ourselves through our teen or ignore or indulge our younger selves through our teen. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And I just want to take this opportunity to advocate for therapy and trained professionals like yourself, because what you just said and revealed to me, you know, was that, yes, it was absolutely the teenager protecting a younger child and that my uh, resistance to authority did come from an incident where, um, an authority figure, it was actually a teacher in my school, did not defend me or protect me on the playground when I had a trauma. Mm. And so that's, I mean, that's great. I just, I, I love these experiences and I just want to take a chance, you know, just to say out loud to our audience, like this works and it's so important to take the time and invest in ourselves and go through this, this process of learning and, you know, healing. To become more aware of mm-hmm. how we treat ourselves and others. And why? I mean, in having the why behind it, you know, really can be empowering. To name it is rarely. Yeah. Name it to tame it. Um, We we talk about that a lot. I feel like that's so important. So, you know, thank you, Leslie, for that insight. And it leads me to my next question is what role does therapy play in this process? What are your recommendations there? Like, you know, if, if I, if we have listeners who are like, Hmm, okay. kind of sounds like me. I had a lesson nurturing upbringing, very dysfunctional family system. What role could therapy play? I'm a huge advocate of all 12 step programs. So I support, um, and I think ACA, ACOA, ACA is probably the program that is most compatible with the inner child healing work. But obviously, therapy plays a huge role. Mm-hmm. So that stands for adult children of addicts? Of alcoholic and dysfunctional and parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So obviously, I'm a little biased. I think it's huge to have that safe space with somebody who can really help you understand your story and the impact that the dysfunctional attachment had on you and how it's still playing out. I mean, trauma is really a disorder of... The not being in the present and how do we become into the present, become fully alive and and who we were created to be. That's what it's about. And I always say that, you know, if the trauma was in the past, yeah, there would be no value in processing it, but it's not, it's in the here and now. And that's why we have to become courageous and willing to look at that. And I don't think we can always see ourselves so well, and it's very helpful to have another help us do that in a very supportive, safe way. Okay. So this goes along with the question of what role does therapy play? And you mentioned the 12 step program, which I am also a big advocate for, but what are some other first steps that somebody might take? Pia has Pia Melody, P-I-A-M-E-L-L-O-D-Y, has three wonderful books. The first I would suggest is called Facing Codependency. Codependency is a misunderstood, misused term, I believe. And basically, she is just talking about when we're not 
in our adult, we're regressed. We are de developmentally arrested. And so that's her defining of all of this in her book, which is extremely helpful to understand all of this. Her second book is Facing Love Addiction. And her third book is The Intimacy Factor, which is how to be relational in uh, marriage, close relationships. Wonderful. Well, we will definitely link to those resources in the show notes. And I just, I just can't tell you how grateful I am, Leslie, that you came on to be with us today. And I, I would like to make that a call to action for our listeners to, is to scroll down on the show notes, look at Pia Melody's books and resources and Again, just thanks so much as always for showing up. And if you like what you heard today, please share this with a friend, a colleague, a loved one, and make a direct impact. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Does anyone else feel like they just earned an extra brain wrinkle? Do you feel like that went by way too fast and just cannot wait till the next episode? Then leave a review and share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a coworker, or whomever, because your valued feedback makes a direct impact. Thank you for dropping in snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of direct impact with Andrea Epstein.